Welcome to the morning stand-up. I'm Stacy K, and today is New Year's Eve. New Year's for you guys tomorrow, Monday morning. This is the first episode of this podcast, and uh, it's a thing that I'm planning to do every week for the rest of my life, I guess. I need to be putting more content out consistently as a comedian, and I have it on good authority that there's people who want to listen to the unhinged ramblings I happen to have that week. So I'll be covering a lot of different things, stuff that I've, I watch, stuff that I read, and uh, stuff that I'm thinking about. I just got done watching the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers just beat the Seahawks like a rug. Seahawks don't like us, now they extra don't like, they, they've always hated. We beat the, they're so mad that we beat them in the Super Bowl. That they'll never let it go. I, I barely even remember that Super Bowl, but every time the Seahawks interact with me, Seahawks fans, are, they're all pissed. They're just like, fuck the Steelers. And Steelers, we have so many people that hate us. We're like, you know, who are you, right? We got one more game left this year. We play the Ravens, and I think they're going to be resting Lamar Jackson because they've already got the first seed clinched. So uh, so I think we're going to have an easy, easy thing in the playoffs. Stay tuned for next week, but... It looks like we're going to get to go in and probably lose in the first round, which is preferable to not making at all. Uh, they had a new quarterback today that it was a, you know, Mason Rudolph came in the second time and he, he looked fine, but mostly our, the run game, we tore them up on the run game. They could not stop us. Najee Harris and uh, Warren were just unstoppable. They, they would not get in touch. They get, you know, three yards down the line before they get the first contact. And that's just not a, Good way to win a game if you're the Seahawks. Chiefs, how are the Chiefs doing? Did they did they end up winning? Oh, they're going to pull it off. It was looking bad in the first half. A lot of people were blaming Taylor Swift, but the Chiefs turned it around, so it looks like Taylor Swift knows what she was doing. Right? Is she going to get credit for that? <laughs> I don't know. You guys have seen it. I mean, I live in Kansas City, so I have. But there's a lot of people, every time the Chiefs lose, they're like... I think it's Taylor Swift. She's she's making the people worse. Like she's just distracting the the locker room. And I thought it was a joke at first, but people are going real with this. It's crazy. Blame anybody but the coaches and players. But she's pulled this one out, and of course Taylor Swift is not going to get any credit for it. How are you doing? How uh how how was your 2023? 2023. I feel like that was a. I feel like we're starting to get back to normal after uh, after the disaster that was 2020 and, and COVID and all that kind of stuff. It, things are kind of going back to normal. Companies are trying to make us go back into the office like nothing happened. My 2023 was, uh, it was eventful. A lot of things happened. I, lo- I lost a lot of um, friends this year, I'd say. I mean, that's there's friend turnover. It happens especially whenever you're a trans person who kind of like lost all your friends a long time ago. All the friends you make are new ones, and, and new friends have the highest turnover, you know? I had a very successful year from a comedian standpoint. I 
My proudest achievement was um, me and Robin Tran did a show in the New York Comedy Festival at The Stand, which is one of the nicest clubs in New York City, and we sold out the main room. We sold it out with like an hour left to go before the show even started, and everybody crushed. Robin was amazing. That's what we did in, in November, and that was the proudest thing I've done in comedy, and I'm supposed to go back to New York and try to sell out a bigger room in March, so we'll see if I can do that. And I'm, uh, I'm starting this podcast here to try to maybe be able to do comedy full-time, to not have to have a stupid day job that I have to you know, check in on and make money with because I'd rather be doing it talking. Isn't that the ideal? <laughs> I feel like actually, honestly, this is a lot of people's worst nightmare is having to just talk in front of a bunch of people for your livelihood. That's uh, in, in the medieval days that, that just meant you were a crazy person. But thank you, Internet. Now we can be stars. Just encouraging mental illness like this. It's uh... a. <laughs> so what are your 2024 resolutions? Mine is basically quit my day job. Ambitious, right? I, w I want to suggest to all of my trans followers, especially trans female followers, uh, get TSA pre-checked. It's important because whenever you get pre-checked, they don't touch your dick. They don't care if you have a dick in pre-check. You pay the $70, fuck off free, Lasts for five years, and you don't even have to take your shoes off anymore. It's pretty nice, but the big, the big bonus is they don't touch your dick anymore. And I've had, I've people have mixed experiences with whether or not they get molested in the, the TSA line. And here's a secret: I wanna, I wanna tell you guys how this works. Okay, you're either hung or you're not. Okay, or you have. Um, not much. And then there's also the variable of whether or not you passed that day. <laughs> and there's a few scenarios where you don't get molested as a trans woman. They set the scanner based on what you look like. So if you passed that day, but you didn't talk and you have a big dick, they're going to grab your dick as you go through. So I recommend being uglier if you're not going to talk. <laughs> this is what you have to do if you don't have pre-check, folks. This is not me saying, or this is not an endorsement of the TSA's tactics. It should not be gendered this way. But the worst thing you can do is pass and have a big dick untucked through the TSA line. That means they're going to grab you every single time. So you should, you should dress down. Okay. But if you don't have a big dick, you can be as pretty as you want. It's not fair. It's not fair to us hung queens. Anyways, get the TSA pre-check pre if you're a trans woman. That's a, that's a good resolution to have for 2024. And also change your name. Change your legal name. You don't need any doctor's um, orders for this stuff. You can do it in any state. You just change your legal name. You, you go to a judge. 
you tell them, hey, I don't want to be called that anymore. And you say what you want, and then like in, in 15 days or something like that, it changes your name, and you can get your all your driver's license, and from there you can update everything. Takes a long time. Takes a long time, like, it can take years to update all of your names through all of your credit cards, through all of your government records, so that nobody has to type in your dead name anymore whenever they're going to send you an email. That would be an ideal world. That's the world that I want to live in. This week in the news, we've had uh, a few notable things happen to the trans community. A uh, little bit of good news. Um, the Ohio governor vetoed a uh, gender affirmation ban and a sports ban for trans kids in Ohio, which is surprising because he's a Republican. Republicans usually don't stand for that kind of stuff. and. I think the, the line he used was that we don't want to be able to tell parents what to do. Parents should have the full authority over their kids, which is usually what conservatives, that's like their ideal, right? But whenever it comes to trans people, they want the government interfering. So it's, it, I, I mean, that's, that's the winning line, I think, to the average person. But to Republicans, they're so mad. They're so mad that this governor did this, cause even though he's a Republican, right? They expected everybody to just go anti-trans completely. And the bad news is, is Ohio has enough votes in the House to overturn this whole deal. So um, we'll see if they have, uh, get that through the House. Uh, but temporary win there in Ohio. I got a lot of friends there. It was, it was looking a little scary. I'm not looking forward to the upcoming legislative session because, as you know, you know it's, it's the holidays. The Congress is not in session, but they plan to do more in January. And I am not excited to find out what they're planning to do in Kansas. i got to get out, man. A little bit of uh, a, a somber note here. Um, there was a, a trans woman shot and killed outside of Baltimore in Bel Air. Uh, her name was Megan Riley Lewis. She, uh, it was at, at nighttime, apparently this dude was delivering her food and he's, according to the cops, he said, are you, are you waiting for a food delivery, sir? And Megan Lewis took offense to him misgendering her, according to the documents. Ellen drove away, but followed, but Lewis followed him on foot, and then, and then the dude got out of the car with a gun and shot and killed her. Cops are not prosecuting this as a hate crime, uh, as of now. Right now, it's just second-degree murder. I I don't really buy the story that she followed him to her car. That's crazy. Um, him to his car. I do believe that she got upset when she got misgendered, and I don't believe that he did it by accident. I don't think misgenderings really do happen by accident very often. I mean, we they they can we we can tell the difference. Trans people aren't stupid. Misgendering is it's a it's a declaration of uh, of aggression from from anyone who. I mean, right here, this guy misgendered her and then, and then shot her afterwards. 
I know a few people that that knew her. They said she was a, she was a great person. She did a lot of community work. Um, she she helped so many other trans women, and they let the guy out on bail the day after it happened. You don't ever hear trans women shooting people for misgendering them. You never ever hear that. And isn't it bizarre that this woman got shot for getting angry about getting misgendered? Which direction is the violence coming from? Right? It, and instead, video, you know, like the, the girl from GameStop, right? There's famous. Anytime one of us gets angry about getting misgendered, it's all over the internet. We don't, we don't ever see the times whenever we just took it and, and did nothing about it. So we'll be finding more about that in the coming weeks or months, I'm sure. Second degree murder doesn't sound right. That's, I feel like if you misgender someone and then shoot them, it's not a love crime. That's for sure. This upcoming legislative session in the next rest of the country is um, pretty. I think they're going to get worse, based on the stuff they filed uh, ahead of time, which they filed a, a good amount of bills. They did the same thing last year, and then they ended up passing most of them, or at least a version of most of them. And I'm I'm on my toes. I I live in Kansas. I live in Kansas City, which is a, a border city between. Kansas and Missouri, so both states I have to keep an eye on. Kansas passed a, last year they passed a redefining what womanhood is, right? And technically, uh, anybody, it, it, it goes entirely by birth sex, which is immutable and can't be changed. And according to the Attorney General, if I update my driver's license here, they'll revert me back to male, even though I've changed all of my documents to female. So I got to get out. I got to not be in Kansas anymore. And it's sad. It it sucks being in a place where you know that you have to leave eventually. I don't want to I don't want to meet any more people. I don't want to make any more friends here. And it's not necessarily because I am afraid of getting attacked outside. I know it's statistically unlikely even though it does happen. It's just I don't want to get attached anymore to to a place, to, to people that I'm going to have to leave. Most of the people here don't even know, they aren't even aware that the anti-trans laws are passing. Whenever I, I, if I tell anybody who's talking to me about why I want to leave Kansas, they'll be shocked to find out that this kind of stuff has passed. And it's, it's really lonely being in a place that is just filled with people who literally have no idea what's happening legally against trans people. They aren't even very informed about trans people at all, but in their specific state, it just kind of flew under their radar. It wasn't a big deal to them. I got to get to New York, man. I got to get out of here. This isn't very funny. This... Listen, if you... If you expect a trans woman to do a weekly podcast and be just nonstop funny the whole time, that's just transphobic, right? Okay, you, we have to be able to address the horrible stuff that's going on and not be docked for it because we have to process it too. 
It's the end of 2023, and I think, I think my favorite movie this year was Godzilla Minus One. This movie, I, I am a sucker for Godzilla because big lizard monster, that's from my childhood, I always loved that. This is, this is a Japanese movie, okay? So a lot of the Godzilla movies that get made, or at least the ones that we see, are American Godzilla movies. And we have a very different perspective on Godzilla. Because we, we make Godzilla like a hero a lot of the time. Godzilla is like someone you kind of cheer for. But in this movie, Godzilla is terrifying. He is, um, he's a personification of America, really, like in World War II, right? So America, from the Japanese perspective, they would, they'd, they'd bomb our, they bomb you know, Pearl Harbor. They would, they would blow up our ships and we would just build more and come back harder and faster. And they, it, it was, our manufacturing capability was beyond what they could, um, comprehend because we had a huge manufacturing capability, just the way we set up everything in the war. We, we were just able to just pump out stuff nonstop and. In this Godzilla movie, um, it's it's set right at the end of the war, the, the first time you see it, and Godzilla shows up to a uh, to an airplane repair area and just wrecks the place, kills everyone there except for two guys. And uh, interesting twist about the movie is the the government covered it up. The Japanese government covered. They didn't want to freak everybody out in World War Two when the first atomic bomb dropped. The government covered it up and pretended like it didn't happen because they didn't want to scare everybody. And the the whole movie of Godzilla minus one, like that's the beginning of the movie, is when Godzilla shows up and does his thing. The whole movie is the people having PTSD from the from the attacks and dealing with it. And man, it was great. Like Godzilla starts to resurface like a few years later and they got to figure out like, what are, what are we going to do? He's headed towards Tokyo. Right. And man, it was, it was really good. I think, uh, I think everyone should go see it. I think it's, it's definitely out of theaters now and it's all in, uh, it's all in Japanese and you got to read the subtitles. So bring your glasses or, I mean, put your glasses on whenever you're watching it at home. I've been watching, uh, Fargo lately. Fargo season five. It's got uh, John Hamm from you know Mad Men. Don Draper. He's the bad guy. It's pretty cool. He plays a corrupt sheriff in is it is it North Dakota? Something like that. One of those dumb states. It's just like nonstop chaos in Fargo season five. There's there's so many compelling characters, and they've all got like. They're, they're dynamic and they feel real. Their motivations are, uh, they're not one dimensional. They're understandable, but then sometimes they surprise you, but in a way that makes sense. You don't see that on shows anymore these days. <laughs> you do, on the good ones. Fargo, uh, has been one of my favorite. Every, every season is a different, completely different story, completely different characters, all that kind of stuff. It's not continuous at all. So you can just start on each season. The fourth one was in Kansas City. That was cool. That was in Kansas City set in the uh, 60s, I think it was. So back whenever uh, there was there was more organized crime than there is today. And I just have a really good time with it. I like watching people die. <laughs>
they write them all with an ending in mind, right? They're not like how a bunch of shows do where they want to keep making it to where the characters go on forever. They'll introduce a character and then they'll kill them. Usually by the, almost everyone dies in every season of Fargo. And finding out who's not going to die is the, <laughs> is the reveal for everybody. And I don't, I don't, like, I always cover my eyes for the violence. But I, I like shows that write with an ending in mind. I, I don't want to see a show that's supposed to go on forever. I want to see a show that ends and that ends well. I, a lot of times, won't watch shows at all until I've found out what the end was. And then if people tell me that the end was good, then I'll go back and watch the whole thing. Like Succession, I didn't watch any of Succession until the season finale, the, the series finale came out. And everybody was like, oh my god, that was an amazing show. And I was like, okay, I'll watch the whole thing. I did the same thing with Game of Thrones, which is why I've never watched Game of Thrones. Okay, I watched a few episodes because people made me. But I didn't want to get invested because the ending is terrible. I don't, I'm, t I, I, Lost already happened to me. I, this season three of Lost should have been the end. You got three more after that and it's just nonsense. Nobody wants to see that. I don't, I don't have time for a show that lasts forever. I want to see a show that ends with a purpose. A few weeks ago, I went to uh, the OKC Thunder game. I watched them play the Clippers, which is interesting because we have three of our best players ever now play for the Clippers. So we've got Westbrook, Harden, and Paul George all on the Clippers. And now we just got a bunch of young dudes, young, skinny, long-armed dudes. And we beat them by like 30 points. Or maybe it was just 20 points. I don't know. It was a lot of points. Okay. And it was like, we made our star player, our former star players just look like scrubs. And I haven't seen us do that for a very long time. I think, I think we're the best team in the NBA now. We are second in the West. And on this, this last few weeks, we've been beating everybody. We beat the, we beat the Nuggets, which were, were the NBA champions, right? We beat the Timberwolves, which are, they're the number one team now in the, in the West. But anyways, if you never heard of Shea Gilgis Alexander or Chet Holmgren, you are going to soon, I think. They're, really great players. Shea's been tearing it up for the last few years, but no one's noticed because he's been resting like half the season. He'll get like a broken toenail in the middle of the season and then the organization will be like, oh no, we have to rest Shea for the whole rest of the year. They're really just protecting him because, you know, last year we didn't have a real chance at, at doing playoffs, but this year, this year, if, if, unless he gets for real hurt, he's going to play the whole year. He's averaging like 32 points. I can't wait till the playoffs start. I hope we hope we show up healthy. Alright, so I sent out a post asking people to send me emails. So now I'm gonna read some of you guys' uh, emails and uh, sorry if I, if I dox you. <laughs> I did warn you. Okay, here we go. Dear Stacy, my name is Anna, and I am a 26-year-old trans woman from Boston. 
Growing up in the city, I went to school with the children of what we call townies. I know, I know what townies means. I've seen the town, right? The word townie is generally used to refer to a person who grew up in Boston and never left. They tend to either be Irish or Italian. They drink Dunkin's and either smoke Marlboro's or Newport's. And they frequent local drinking establishments on multiple weeknights and every Friday, Saturday. This is typically a VFW. What's a VFW? Is that some Boston shit that I'm too not Boston to understand? Or a local shitty restaurant bar club full of boomers. They walk in and the bartender says, what's up, Frank? Unfortunately, the children of these people used to frequently bully me in school for being autistic. There was constant hazing, harassment, embarrassment, and even the teachers were the bullies sometimes. That sounds like Boston to me. This has unfortunately caused me lots of unneeded trauma and still affects me to my adult years. So my question for you is, where do you think these low-life kids ended up? What do you imagine came out of their lives? Tell me if you have any ex similar experiences as well. I hope the podcast goes excellent and have a happy new year. Have a happy new year to you too. Thank you very much for reading as I am a huge fan of your work. Sincerely, Anna. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So yeah, uh, I've, I've never actually been to Boston, but I do have familiarity, a little familiarity with the culture, like, cause I, I know some Boston people. And I've also seen Ben Affleck movies, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know specifically where, where these low-life kids in, in Boston ended up. But yeah, there, I had stuff like that where I'm from in Arkansas. And I mean, the culture there is different from is a very, very Christian. The, the kind that thinks that drinking alcohol is a sin and you're not supposed to drink. A lot of people drink anyway, but they hide it. I don't drink publicly like that. And most of them, most of them just stay around where their family is. They, they inherit stuff from their family. They, they live with their family until they like get land or inherit the grandma's house or something like that. And they just, uh, they kind of stay and do the same things their parents did. They, they bully people who are different. That's just how it works. I mean, I'm, I'm autistic and I, I had people try to bully me. Um, but I was really, uh, emotionally, um, tough, I guess. I would, I would make fun of my bullies and, uh, they would ha sometimes have difficulty in front of other people. But I was, I was definitely different from everybody. And part of that was being trans. Part of it was being, Autistic, and I never meant to present trans, but they could smell it on me, right? And the the thing that these cultures do is they push out people who aren't like them. Like that, they'll they'll be so mad at you for being different, for for daring to to be to not fit into the culture. Because sometimes the culture is not having a culture basically like not doing things like you don't ever create or or be anything more than you are you don't a lot of people they, they don't go up in higher education they don't pursue anything they don't have any real dreams dreams are are dumb they're impractical 
they're threatening to bullies, right? Like the people who, uh, who are boring. It, it scares them and they have to make fun of it because if other people are, have goals or things like that, that makes them feel bad for not having it. So they, they come after you. And I don't know how much of this is uh, translating over to Boston, but that's how it is where I grew up. I I check in on these people every now and then. They don't they don't talk to me anymore. But I see life updates from time to time. They all uh, they all kind of let themselves go. <laughs> they are with a lot of times they're with the family business most of them got married I don't know if they're happy I I can't tell just from their pictures but to me their lives look sad even though they have like family and people who support them and a community and all that kind of stuff those all sound like good things right <laughs> I miss having that kind of stuff but I think to some extent, the, those groups of people really hold you back because they, they remember who you were, who you were in elementary school and in high school, and they don't ever want you to forget it. I bring it up all the time because they want you to stay that way. They don't want anyone to grow and evolve and move on. And they enforce it like little cops. So you're you're 26 now. You uh, have you have you gone to college? If you haven't, I recommend that. I I don't know if you, do you still live in Boston? Are you still in the same area? But don't don't be jealous of these people's lives. Make your own and uh, move move on without them. You don't need these. You don't need these losers who, who just stay back and criticize anybody who manages to step out of line. At least a, how the community would handle that. So uh, I guess that's my advice for you. And uh, thanks for writing in on the podcast, Anna. All right, next we got, uh, we got Samantha. Hey Stacy, I have a question for your podcast. I'm incredibly empathetic and just sensitive towards everyone's emotions and dealing with transphobia is just super exhausting on every level. How do you deal with the constant barrage of transphobia both online and in real life without getting emotionally exhausted? Okay, so this one isn't isn't uh, so so much. This, this is a pretty straightforward question here. Um, how do I deal with constant transphobia? I mean, I, to me, it's like white noise at this point. And I think what really helped me get used to dealing with transphobia is I've had a lot of LGBT people get really mad at me, like on the internet and stuff and in person. And that actually hurts because these are people that I want to be my friends. These are people who should be on my side uh, and they'll hate me uh, whether or not it's justified is up for debate but that shit hurts and whenever you have that 
Now, whenever I see transphobia in my comments, I'm relieved because they're not, they're not queer people. They're hating on me, right? They're, uh, they're bad people that should hate me. So it's fine, right? And I, I, you have to, and you know, in your personal life, you have to deal with this, the transphobia and in, in person transphobia is scary because they can do things to you physically, um, there and being surrounded by it on a daily, um, on a daily level can be really bad and really depressing. And I recommend moving to somewhere else where it's not like that. And it's not like ever, the rest of the world is super accepting and very nice to trans people, but there are places where people don't really care. Like they're just used to seeing different stuff and they don't get all upset. And whenever you're dealing with like uh, smaller towns in like the Midwest and the South, they are anything that sticks out at all is uh, just, you know, something to stare at and to to interact with and to, be, and to, to joke about with your friends. And if you move to a, to a bigger city where people are used to seeing different stuff, while they might not be like super friendly, um, they also probably won't have as much fun out of making fun of you. Um, but it, it, online transphobia, like I said, it's, uh, I'm relieved to have transphobia because it's not queer people getting mad at me, which, which hurts a lot, hurts a lot more. And when you look at the profiles of these people being transphobic, you usually see the world's biggest losers or a faceless profile that's just like, and think the, Imagine how much, it's such a way, the, the internet is such a time waster. Being on the internet, posting, commenting, all that kind of stuff. I do it a lot because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm sad sometimes. I, I don't, I'm not doing that great. So I go on the internet and talk. And that, imagine doing that on a faceless profile just, just to harass trans people that you don't even know. That's, uh, that is some peak loser shit. And you, you just, I know it's scary dealing with these people, having these people interact with you. Um, you have to tell yourself over and over that, that like you're still good and you're still valuable despite what these people say. In fact, you're maybe even more valuable because of these people hating on you. Because these, that's it for that. Samantha, thanks for writing to the pod fan letter. And then I think we're done. Okay, uh, this is from tossitaway969 and at gmail.com. Dear Stacy K, hi, here's my relationship story. Three, eight, three eyes on the, the H. That's how you know this story is going to be good. For reference, I'm a 19-year-old trans girl and I'm currently a college student in the Los Angeles area. My boyfriend is 26 and he lives in Chicago. So last winter, I joined a Discord server called ChaserGen, which I found on 4chan. ChaserGen. You joined a server called ChaserGen. Oh no. It's basically a community where chasers and trans women meet. I didn't use it much until last summer when I was doing a summer internship in the Chicago area. 
my now boyfriend DM'd me and offered me to spend the weekend in his apartment, which I took him up on. Whoa. Had you met this guy before you just started sleeping in his in his house? This this shit is I I do not recommend any of what this viewer is or or, or this writer of the podcast is is doing. This is this is some risky shit and I can't I can't say that I haven't done crazy stuff like this. I'm just saying that don't it's risky, okay? Long story short, things went super well and we caught feelings hard. So it sounds like, you know, it, it obviously could have gone, gone much worse. So bullet dodged. I originally just intended for him to be a summer fling, but by the end of the summer, we decided we were both willing to do a long distance relationship for the school year. So now every break, I fly over to Chicago and spend time with him. I can't go home anyway because of unaccepting parents. We do LDR in between. And we call and text very consistently. This has been our dynamic for the past couple months. Well, hey, I'm glad you were able to find the love of your life on the Discord server ChaserGen from 4chan. Uh, that's a, there's an inspirational story. I, I, I want to see like a, you know, eHarmony ads. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're, you're 19. I don't know if you know the, E-harmony, but it's like, we met, we met, well, now we, we are, we're married. I found my husband through, I need chaser gin ads now. I found my chaser husband from chaser gin. He loves my penis. <laughs> okay, okay, but I seriously consider this man to be marriage material. He's super smart, a Chicago grad, has a great job in cybersecurity, Oh, that explains why he's a chaser. That's, there's a lot of them in cybersecurity. He's attractive and a great cook. We're super compatible too. He's a chaser and I'm trans. Well, there you go. That's 100% compatibility right there. You can't get any more made for each other than chaser and trans. Tale as old as time. We both have the same allergies. No, you don't. There's no way that two people have the same allergies. What? Are you kidding me? He is lying to you. What did you did you tell him that you were uh you were allergic to peanuts and then and he was like yeah me too like okay it, it is kind of a cute detail that you guys have the same allergies. I don't know what you're referring to here. Maybe cats or something like that. So you both can just like hate on cats and be like yeah fuck cats. They make me sneeze and shit. We're sexually compatible. We have similar interests, etc., and he's a really romantic guy. Just today, we went to the zoo, then he took me out to a nice restaurant. But I struggle some with the LDR, the long-distance relationship aspect of our relationship. When we're together, it's so amazing, but it makes being apart so difficult. I still have another four semesters until I can graduate. Do you have any LDR advice or general comments about our relationship? Thanks. P.S. I got another internship for next summer, so I'll, I'll be able to spend the weekends with him again. Alright. So, this is kind Part of me wants to say this is a cute story, and part of me, the mom part of me, is like, oh my god, girl, you, you're gonna get killed, right? Okay. But, long distance relationship. Um, 
I don't think that long distance relationships are like really real. Like, I think that you can keep a relationship on kind of hold at least, uh, through long distance relationship, but you don't really know somebody until you've been around them, um, around the clock as, as you would with, with a life partner. Um, so, you know, I say this as an experienced lesbian, famous long distance relationship group of people over here. Um, but try not to get too uh, invested in the long distance relationship until it's an in-person relationship. I know you've already met this guy and uh, it sounds like things have been great when you've been together. Well, I don't think, I don't think you really know somebody until like at least a year of, of basically living with them. That's, that's been my experience in, in all of my relationships. There's things, there's things about how the relationship can change after like a whole year with somebody that you don't really know until you find out. So whenever you're, you're, you're trying to hang out with or, or continue to date somebody from like long distance and then going in in person, don't commit too much in the in person, right? Cause you don't know this for all, you know, uh, how much have you spent with this guy? It was a, uh, a summer. We still, y'all still do. So y'all spend a decent amount of time together, but still for all, you know, this guy can be completely crazy. All right. So strike one, he's on chaser gin. Okay. So that's strike one right out of the gate. Okay. He's already, he's already got that. So I need you to be looking for strike two and strike three. Um, so, so <laughs> I'm not saying that a guy who is on the discord server, chaser gin is automatically a bad person saying that these people are vulnerable and guys who specifically want to date trans people while a lot of times it, it can be innocent sometimes sometimes it can be a power thing because we're more um, malleable and more easier to manipulate um, so just keep your keep your head about you don't if you're gonna like don't I don't I would don't stay with this guy for the summer okay like get your own apartment this summer when you move back for the internship um, which it sounds like, I don't think that you're planning on moving in with him like that, but yeah, just, just do that. And, uh, maybe don't find guys from Chaser Gen anymore. It sounds like you got lucky with this one, <laughs> but, and also you're, you're young, baby, you're, you're a 19 year old girl. There's, there's so much, there's so much about the world left and, He's, uh, he's, he's already gone through college. He's, he's a graduate. You haven't even really entered college. I, well, I think you just started college. Yeah. So he's kind of, he, he's entered his career and, and you have not started yours. And whenever someone enters their career, it, your perspective on life is going to change whenever you're, you start. And I just say, keep, keep, keep your head on this thing. Don't, don't fall too in love with this dude and um stay independent as as you date this guy 
and <laughs> make sure he's not lying about that allergy thing because if he's lying about his allergies he's lying about <laughs> whether or not he's stealing your panties okay <laughs> don't ever do not let this dude steal your hormones that's issue number one right if he ever starts right because medicine is expensive okay and <laughs> we can't just be making more we he needs to get his own script is all i'm saying whenever whenever he starts saying shit about how he wants to just try your estrogen no don't do it <laughs> i hope it goes goes well for you though i uh i love chicago chicago is a great city you're in the Los Angeles. I, I like Chicago way better than Los Angeles. I, I would love to do summer internships there. It sounds cool. It sounds like it'd be fun. Don't move in with this dude. Um, continue dating him from uh, with a little bit of a, a barrier in between you and him. And keep your keep your eyes out about learning things about this guy because you you don't find out about what a person is until after a while of of dating them so went to the zoo you went wh where is the zoo la there's a zoo in chicago i've never been to the zoo in i always go to the shed aquarium instead that's that's you should you should go there if you haven't already that's that's a cool place it's one of my favorite places in chicago um so yeah um congrats on finding what is allegedly a good guy um and long distance relationship dating it it can be tough but you know you're you're young and it you probably it's probably good that you're fo focus on your fucking school okay G get the get the, the paper and don't let a relationship become like the thing you do because the relationship can disintegrate but you get the degree, and they're not going to rescind your degree unless you do some. <laughs> can you get a degree rescinded? I think you can somehow. You have to do like a serious crime or something. I don't know. Fraud. The title of this email is LDR Yuppie Chaser Boyfriend. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. You sound like you have a little bit of um, an awareness of... Um, of this situation and how it could go go bad and it, it could go bad um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will and don't let that poison you for um for future interactions because I, i'm at a point in my life to where i'm i'm very suspicious of other people and it's probably not a good thing um sometimes i wish i could go back to how i was at 20 and was like oh i want to meet everybody in the world i bet they're nice right and it's good that you're not jaded, um, and I think it's funny that you you titled the email "LDR Yuppie Chase Your Boyfriend." That that I think I think you'll be okay. So, anyways, focus on yourself and all, all that shit. All right, so that that's it. Thank you for writing to the podcast, and um, yeah, so that's the last of our fan letters, and it, it looks like we've made it to the end of our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this far I'm planning on doing this uh, every week on Sundays and releasing on Mondays um, for uh, a while and I want to ask uh, please subscribe to my my patreon is the five dollar tier would be great if everyone 
subscribe to that, I could quit my day job and just focus on working on my act and, and getting on stage and getting in front of cameras and things like that and uh, eventually end up on SNL or something like that. <laughs> Crazy goal, but hey, you know, I, I've made a lot of um, progress that I never thought that I'd be able to do so far. So I'm going to actually try for stuff before I get too old to be able to do shit like this. Uh, I greatly appreciate you uh, listening to my podcast and supporting me this far. And I hope to, hope to talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys.